Hello and welcome to Forever Blue Shirts. Stephen Pappas alongside Jim Cerny. We're recording this right before the Devils game. Uh, the Rangers currently on an eight-game win streak. Jim, first of all, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I, I was hoping that you and I would be at the Rock for a morning skate, you know, getting uh, all the latest from Peter Laviolette, but we won't get that till later this afternoon. And you know, we got injury stuff to talk about. Brennan Othman has been recalled. So, yeah, a lot going on with the uh, with the blue shirts. Whenever you have any sort of plans, they just you throw them to the wall. They're, it's just it's not going to be what you plan it out. You just got to uh, yeah. adjust and adapt. Adjust and adapt. Like, this is not a black and white business working in sport. There is so much gray all the time. So, yeah, we'll flow with it. And you know, it's a great place to start. I mean, there's so much to touch on. And, and you know, we'll do our best to work through you know, trade rumor stuff, and we'll look back at the stadium series, what have you, eight-game winning streak. Um, but, you know, tonight it's Rangers-Devils. Uh, to me, the, you know, the two big things are often recalled. Love to love to get a look at him, you know, uh, in person, uh, you know, tonight. Uh, but you don't want it to be at the expense of Artemi Panarin or even Jimmy VC being out of the lineup. Uh, so we'll find out later this afternoon, you know, VC and Panarin each have lower body injuries. I don't think there's anything serious going on here. Um, the Rangers have given no indication one way or the other. But you know, we watched the game the other night against Dallas. I know Panarin blocked the shot and he kind of hobbled off, but he ended up playing the entire game. VC played seven, eight shifts in the third period. He finished out the game, too. So. I don't think we're talking about anything major, which is good from a Ranger point of view. Uh, and often it may just be, hey, just in case uh, one or both of those guys aren't in, you know, we'll we'll have Othman up as well. But I'll I'll be honest, I'd love to see Othman play, it's especially if they gave him an opportunity somewhere in in the top nine. You know, I don't know exactly how they would play it out. I guess depending on who's out of the lineup. But kids have a heck of a rookie season. You know, at Hartford right now, he's one of the top rookie scorers in the league. Uh, you know, he's been a demon on the power play. You know, that Ranger power play had three big ones, you know, on Sunday outdoors. But, you know, it's been struggling. So it makes you wonder if this kid comes up. Yeah, he probably doesn't get thrown onto the second unit just yet. But if he was here for a bit, maybe you see some power play. I, I just love to see him. You know, he's you get a feeling that like Will Cooley this year, you're going to have Brendan Othman next year. You know, he's going to be the next wave. He's going to be the next guy, you know, to break onto this roster, you know, from a prospect point of view. And it seems like if this was a game that wasn't against the Devils, I mean, if this is Saturday or Sunday and they're playing Columbus, this almost isn't even a question. You sit Panarin, you give him a day, you let him rest, and, and Othman comes up. But I feel like the, the magnitude of this game, despite the Rangers being 17 points ahead, uh, of New Jersey. It's still the team that knocked you out a year ago. You want to, you want to win these games. You've already gotten one in their building this year. Um, and, and on top of that, you got an eight game winning streak going on at the moment. So, um, you want to extend that as, as much as you can, but obviously you're not going to go the rest of the season without, uh, without losing, uh, a hockey game. But I feel like with this eight game win streak and, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this almost feels like the Rangers being getting back to what made them successful uh, in the past. It was it was playing games that are tight, that are close, 2-1, to 3-1, just, you know, you don't see a ton, maybe outside the Dallas game where Igor really stole one, um, of back and forth, rush after rush after rush chance that we saw a lot of in December and January when they were really struggling. 
I don't know what switch flipped. I don't know if just needing any any break at the All-Star game did that. Um, but it seems like ever since then, and especially, I mean, you come out of the All-Star break, you got to play Colorado, you got to play Tampa. And for a team that had just won one game in the last three or four before the All-Star break, you're like, oh boy, here we go. And, uh, you know, they're able to figure it out. So um, defensively, I think it's been been a lot better than than what it was. And I think it's a huge key to why they've been able to win these eight games outside of the stadium series game and 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 all that i was just gonna say i think you're saying all these glowing things <laughs> that was not a pretty hockey game on sunday okay it was fun it was exciting it, it was back and forth talking about trading chances there are chances going back and forth like crazy um listen i rangers didn't look great for you know parts of that game you know defensively uh, their defensemen in particular, you know, Keandre Miller got spun around and, you know, on that one goal there uh, in the first period and not to single him out because others struggled as well. Um, but I, I think what you see is there's a confidence in this group and, and Peter Laviolette was talking about that post game and some of the players did as well, that maybe when they were more in their funk and their confidence was a bit shaken during that January stretch, Maybe they don't come back and, and win the stadium series game. You know, maybe they don't find a way to win that game. But when you're rolling and you're making things, you're you're making your own breaks, and you take advantage of the opportunities you get, you win those type games. You know, you come back and win those games. And I think at the heart, that's who the Rangers are. When they're at their best, they're a team that is never out of a game. They are an explosive offensive team. Certainly, they're a much better defensive team than they showed Sunday against the Islanders. Um, and they have an elite goalie, uh, really two right now, because Jonathan Quick has been so good this year. Um, and even though Igor's, Igor hasn't been at you know his best this season, he's a, st- I, he's a darn good NHL goalie. Um, and if he can find that next gear, that next level or two, because he still has quite a few levels above where he's been playing. And we saw it the other night against Dallas. You know, they're going to be such a tough out come playoff time. But, you know, I don't think we can whitewash, you know, their, you know, Sunday, you know, and say, well, except for that game. Um, you know, and so Dallas had quite a few great A's as well the other night. And Igor just played out of his mind. But that's part of what makes a great team, right? You know, the, the goalie picks up. When, when it's not a great night. And and let me go back to Igor on Sunday. It was not a good start for him. Rangers were not good in front of him, that first period especially. Um, but he wasn't great. You know, make a save. You know, pull, pull your guys out of this. Let them find their footing. And Igor didn't quite do that in the first period. But he did as that game went on. He had a couple absolute grade A stops in the second period when it was 4-1. 4-1 easily could have been 5-1, then 5-2, 6-2. And then, you know, there's no coming back. You know, Rangers aren't going to come back and and win that game uh, or even get it to overtime. So uh, Igor showed me a ton there. Wasn't a great start for him. And I know the team played better in front of him. They got went back to their structure and all. But he was a big difference maker the second half of that game. I mean, he made some huge saves, you know, to keep it within striking distance. And then he follows that up with the Dallas game. That, to me, that's a 
big, big thing moving forward as we head into the Devils tonight and the two weeks before the deadline and, of course, the final couple months of the season. Yeah, I had a lot of people reach out to me during that game and after that game. They're like, oh, is that that Calgary game just a, a flash in the pan? Or, you know, what do we take from that? How do you learn from that? I mean, Igor indoors this uh, since the All-Star break has been phenomenal. I mean, including that game where he gives up five goals against the Islanders, he's still two two five goals against since the All-Star break. 937 save percentage, a three over a 3.7 goal saved above expected. So he is excelling since becoming or since the all-star break whatever they you know whatever happened at the all-star break and you know a lot of people mentioned oh he shouldn't be there you know he's uh and frankly he probably shouldn't have been there because he was not the rangers all-star goalie but he has been able to find some sort of gear uh after this all-star break i don't know if the rest maybe maybe helped him just getting away from from new york but um he has been a mental a mental and physical thing really right he spent a lot of time with Benoit Lair so you know there's the physical part but Benny's really good at the, the mental part of the game too uh and he was great with Henrik with that all the backup goalies yeah I did a story from there because I caught up with Georgiev and Talbot and Igor uh you know all in the all-star game all with Ranger ties uh, you know, to talk about Benny and, and they all talked about he just creates such a positive atmosphere um, and he, you know, he's very lighthearted. He's, he's intense and serious about his work, but he's a lighthearted guy and he kind of brings the goalies out of themselves. You know, goalies can be just internalized so much. Henrik was a great example of that. And he brings he brings it out. He brings a lightness to it. And then works you through things. You know, he's so good technically teaching, you know, the X's and O's or working on your X's and O's. But with him, it's the mental thing. Like, he, he can give you that refresher. And I think that's what Igor needed. And again, I go back to the second half of the worst, quote-unquote, worst game he's had since the break. He helped them win that game. He pulled it together. They're down 4-1 about to be run out of MetLife Stadium. And he was a key reason why they were able to come back. He held it at that point. No matter what happened before, that wasn't great for him or the team. And to me, that speaks to greatness. A great goalie does that, even on your not be uh, not your best day or night. And that's what Igor did for them. So, and, and I, I think that's the type of thing, and I know Benny very well, that he is right perping on with uh with Igor when they went back and looked at video I, I bet you they didn't see the first four goals they didn't look at those instead Benny was showing him look what you did look look how you dialed in here look what you did all the positives he's always working on the positive and I think that's been huge for Igor you know since the break yeah and I don't know if if this could be used as an excuse or all but it seemed like the sun as soon as the sun went down Igor was able to to figure out and, and track pucks better. And um, I mean, the one goal he gives up in the third period is a fluke play where Lindgren goes down. It gets deflected off Brzezinski's stick uh, right to the to the stick of Romanov. And it's it's very hard to to look at Igor and be like, oh, I wish he got that one. Um, yeah, nothing he could do on that. Yeah. yeah. But when you look at the the two games indoors against Calgary and you look at Dallas, I mean, they don't win those games without him. He was, you know, obviously you get a shutout against Calgary and you've talked about it or we've talked about it all year with him and, you know, his zero in the shutout column. Uh, 
Um, and he was able to answer the bell there. And then, you know, I think it was huge. The response against Dallas, you were looking, you're like, all right, is the outdoor game just a fluke or which game was a fluke? Was it the Calgary game or was it the, the outdoor game, uh, for recent Igor? And I think he really solidified that that outdoor game was just a fluke. Really. Um, he was, was confident. He was very aggressive all evening. Um, and then made the saves that, you know, after the start, the start was not good. Like we won't whitewash that again. How did he respond to it? You know, he really refocused, um, you know, I, I meeting people sitting around me and they're like, when it got to four, one, or actually when it got to three, one, they're like, is he going to hook Igor? I'm like, no, he's not going to hook Igor here, you know? Uh, and then it got to four, one in the back of my mind. I'm like, well, I don't think he's going to hook <laughs> Igor. Um, listen, uh, you know, that's a big part of it. I, I think since the all-star break too, we've, we've just seen a more committed and again that that stadium series game aside uh or most of that game aside we have we've seen a pretty committed defensive effort all around from the rangers and what made them so good the first couple months of the season it's that they were they were like unbeatable through the neutral zone you know which is the staple of peter laviolette's system um make it difficult for that team to get through the neutral zone and uh, I don't quite see that they're at the level they were at the beginning of the season when it comes to that aspect of the game, but certainly it's much better. There's more structure to their game, I think, uh, than what we saw during that late December and then the, the stretch through January. If there is one thing looking ahead towards uh, the game against the Devils where they do well, and you know the Devils have struggled this year, um, not in part to the fact that they blow through the neutral zone. They use so much speed. Uh, they really attack off the rush, and the Rangers haven't been particularly good off the rush this season. Um, that's something that you know you got to look at as as a factor tonight or uh, uh, Thursday night when they play uh, New Jersey, because you know that's that's where the Devils are going to beat you. And they got the guys like Hughes and Brat that are going to do nothing, not do nothing, but beat you with speed first, and then uh, use the skill uh, on your goaltender. But uh, I think if there's one area that worries you about the game against the devils it's in the neutral zone point that you make i mean the devils are uh listen they're a high octane offense they're one of the top offensive uh offenses in the league even though it's been a down year for them overall it's been a disappointing season for them i mean they're still scoring a lot of goals they score a lot off the rush as you point out jack hughes is elite he's an elite talent um you know the rangers you're right don't do they like to set it up you know, and and make their play uh, offensively. They're they're not a big rush chance team, especially five on five. Uh, so you know, two different styles. But defensively, it's it's vital the Rangers turn the Devils over in the neutral zone, you know, as much as possible, or at least slow them down. You know, you much rather see Jack Hughes dumping and chasing than Jack Hughes flying over the red line over the blue line with control of the puck. Um, and he's only one of the guys. You know, they're, you mentioned Brat. Uh, they have a string of guys that are fast, get through the zone, protect the puck well. And then once they're set up in the offensive zone, you know, off the rush, um, when they gain that entry, you know, they're very, very difficult to defend. They, they've got a combination of big bodies and, and the speed and the skill. 
you know, obviously for them, the issue is defense. You know, they had so many injuries on the blue line uh, and their goaltending, even before Vanasek got hurt, is has been subpar. Um, I'd be shocked. You know, we, we haven't gotten into the trade deadline yet. I'd really be shocked if they if they ride Nico Dawes into the playoffs. Like, listen, nice young goalie, has played well, uh, you know, was really good, I thought. Uh, you know, leading up to the stadium series and and even against the Flyers. But, you know, I don't, if you're the Devils, I don't think you can roll that way. And if you look at the big picture, Vanasek, Dawes, uh, you know, this kid that they just brought up that's been playing well in the minors, or Jacob Markstrom. I I know Jacob Markstrom, that's that's some serious coin and it's going to cost to get him. But I think that's the missing link for them. I think it was last year, too, even though Schmidt, you know, played great against the Rangers in the first round. <laughs> See, you roll your eyes, you're like, yeah, yeah, he was pretty good. Um, you know, I, I think that's the missing link for that team well, and health. But, you know, you can't control that. Yeah, believe me, the cynic in me was fully prepared to walk into Prudential Center tonight and see Akira Schmidt in the in the pipes for the Devils. He was sent down. So obviously that won't be the case. Um to you to cook. Yeah, but they listen. The Devils had a, a chance to do something hilarious if that was the if that was the uh, if that was the case, but it was not meant to be. But you mentioned trade deadline. We talk about trade deadline with the Devils. Let's talk about trade deadline with the Rangers. Just names. Alex Wenberg has been a name that that has been brought up over the last couple of days. Uh, uh, you look at Philadelphia and Scott Lawton is the name that the the Rangers have been linked to. Um, just in your eyes, you know, where do you where do you see the Rangers needing to go and where do you see what name specifically, if you have one, do you think they need to target? So, you know, I wrote a story about Wenberg yesterday, you know, Larry Brooks brought brought up that uh, that report that the Rangers, uh, you know, that there's interest there. He's a veteran guy. He's a two way guy so at this stage. He's a third line center. You know, I think he's miscast in a top six role. So he's a third line guy. He's making four and a half million dollars. So right off the bat, uh, you would need Seattle to eat, you know, some help for that contract. But if they eat half the contract, you know, Seattle's still, you know, fighting for a playoff spot. And he plays 18 and a half minutes a night for them. You know, he's a, he's a key guy for them. So they're not just going to give him away. So if you're the Rangers, is Alex Wenberg the piece that you give up your first round pick for? Uh, you know, I don't think so. But to but to chop off half that salary and to acquire a player from a team that is still fighting for a playoff spot, you know, I'm not sure that that's the fit. And I, I'm not sure Wenberg's would be my guy anyway. That's great on faceoffs. You know, he's a good two-way player. He's good shorthanded. He plays power play for them. Um, you know, but he's never lived up to the offensive side that people thought he was going to be early in his career with Columbus. So I, I'm not sure about that fit. And, and I know Ranger fans are in love with Johnny Brzezinski and his teammates are in love with Johnny Brzezinski. I love their reaction on the ice yesterday when uh, he led them in the stretch after practice. The guys were thrilled that he got the, you know, the new two-year deal and everything. Good on him. Love what he's done. But if I'm the Rangers, I'd be happy with Johnny Brzezinski on my fourth line come playoff time. If you're really going for the cup, then you got to get another center, a third line center. And that's no knock on Brzezinski. I'd like to see him in the lineup. Um, 
but I don't think you can rely on him being your third line center and one injury away from having to play a top six role in the play in the Stanley Cup playoffs, right? So that's why I still think Adam Henry's got to be a target, you know, for them. He's having a really good season. I know he's 35, but he's having a really good season. I think he'd be a really nice fit there. Um, and I'm still on the Frank Vetrano bandwagon. I know he's got, you know, this season and next on that contract at three and a half. Um, but, you know, if some combination of prospects and that first round pick go to Anaheim and you could bring back those two, I'm not saying it can happen or, or it can happen, but I'm not saying it's going to happen. Um, but they have interest in both of those guys. If you can bring back both of those, you really fill, you know, two holes there. Petrano having a great season. And of course, in 2022, when they went to the conference final, I mean, he was he was like the missing link fitting in, you know, with Zibanejad and Kreider, who've really struggled to have great chemistry with anyone outside of Frank Petrano. And they've had a lot of guys skate on right wing with them. And another guy kind of benefiting off of this kind of win streak that the Rangers have been on is has been Capo Caco. He's got a five-game point streak going on, two goals, three assists in those five games. But uh, frankly, other than that, this season has not really done much. I think the, the funniest thing about this whole Caco situation is despite the lack of points that he's had this year, the team is 26-7-2 with him in the lineup this year. That's a, that's a 771 point percentage. It just seems uh, absurd that, that, that that's the case for a guy that – doesn't really provide a ton of offense, but I will say, I think he does play def defense very well. I think it's time to shed the label of he's the number two overall pick. He needs to provide more on offense. Sometimes you get what you got. And I think with Kako, what you got is a guy that plays very good defense. He's a guy that plays on the perimeter. Um, isn't very, for as big of a body as he is, isn't very keen to go to the net. Um, unfortunately. And when he does, he does it very well. I mean, you think of uh, some of the goals that he scored uh, in recent memory against Montreal. I mean, that's a, a goal that he goes right to the net and, and is able to stuff at home. But um, he's a guy that, you know, I think people have over overvalued his trade, his trade capital with the Rangers. Um, I don't think he's worth as much as some people believe he is. Um, but at the same time, I think he is valuable in a sense to this team and especially when they got away from being good defensively i think he's been able to to kind of reel them in when when he's on the ice and um i think it's shown this year he's taken a step just maybe not offensively i mean listen great goal the other night against dallas right um he, he's had some when he needs it real you know he's got a pretty nice shot you know so you see the skill and that's the tease because you don't see it enough uh, on a consistent basis with him. Um, but and here's the thing with Kako. He, boy, you talk about polarizing guy. Uh, there are those that love him. No way can we trade Capo Kako. Uh, and then, you know, he should be on the top line. And and then you got other people. I, I get rid of him in a heartbeat. Like, there seems to be no, like, middle ground, you know, people's opinions on Capo Kako. Really polarizing guy. What I would say is I think he's a nice fit. I think he plays a role on this team, especially at what his salary cap is hit now is. But down the road, do I think he's a five, five and a half million dollar player? I don't think so. I don't know that I tie my money up into him, you know, long term. You know, he's probably looking at another two-year deal at the end at the end of the season, but you know, he's probably gonna want similar Filipino money. Uh, 
I'm not sure that he's there for me that yet, you know, but you're right. I do like that. He's a two way player. I trust him defensively. You know, I like when he uses his big body along the boards behind the net in the corners, like to see him more in front of the net. Um, there's a value there. And, uh, you know, he's certainly played really well with Cooley and Brzezinski. Those three have a nice chemistry. Of course, earlier I talked about breaking that up and bringing in another center, which I think they do need to do. And I would give Kako another opportunity on the top line ahead of VC on right wing. Um, but here's the thing about trading him. I would not let the, that's oh, Kapo Kako. We took him with the second overall pick. You can't really trade this guy. I wouldn't let any of that stand in the way of, if you've got a good deal and somebody really wants Capo Caco and you can get a piece that makes you think you can win the Stanley Cup right now, I would not let that stand in the way. Oh, it's Capo Caco's you know, number two overall pick. I would not let that stand in the way of getting a guy you think can help you win the Stanley Cup this season. Still a lot to figure out down the last 26 games uh, of the season. Rangers and Devils Thursday night. At the Prudential Center, the Rangers going for nine straight wins. Jim Cerny, Stephen Pappas, see you next time on Forever Blue Shirts.